0: Two KG Sports Minds have created a podcast to answer one very important question. What's the spread? Now here are your hosts, Brad Thomas and Miles Markowitz. Welcome in, what's the spread? Morning edition of the podcast. Brad, how are we doing? Rise
1: and shine. Rise and shine. You know, it's a little chilly out here and that's Florida chilly. That means like 73. I'm actually excited to be recording in the morning because that means we can talk about sports in the morning and think about sports all day
0: long. There's plenty to talk about. Uh, before we get into the games, definitely want to talk about the college football playoff rankings. Uh, let's get into how we did last weekend. Uh, LSU-Alabama. LSU wins the game 46-41. Uh, that was a win for me. Lost from you. Uh, you went with your boys. They made the game in the second there's half. There's no
1: way I was going to gonna bet. again. I didn't bet this game personally, but there's no way I was going to take Alabama- I mean, LSU plus six, even though that was the smarter bet, just as me personally knowing how much was on the line, I knew that
0: if I went ahead and I took LSU plus six, I'd be rooting for LSU plus six. I think we watched two of the best four teams in the country Yes, last Saturday, and uh, Bama is still very much in this thing. All right, uh, Penn State, Minnesota. This was the surprise of the weekend for myself. Minnesota wins the game 31-26. They were six-and-a-half point underdogs. Good for them. That was a loss for both of us. I told everybody that would listen, Penn State's going to win this game. They're going to win this game. They're going to come back. And they never did. No. Minnesota really made a statement. Absolutely. Totally agree there. All right. Uh, Iowa State, Oklahoma. Oklahoma, 14-point favorites. They win the game 42-41. Iowa State, that two-point conversion at the end, almost ruined the Sooners season. Uh, so that was a win for me and a loss for you. You took the Sooners there. Uh, Wake Forest, Virginia Tech, loss for both of us. Wake Forest, Two-and-a-half-point favorites. They lose the game 36-17. Yeah, they were never really in it. Losing Sage Chirot was
1: probably the biggest blow to them. Now they're down two of their top wide receivers on the season. Oh, good luck versus Clemson.
0: All right, moving on to the NFL where I was 2-2. Two two. You had another 3-1 weekend on uh, on Sunday, and I guess this would be Monday as well. Seahawks, 49ers, 49ers, six-point favorites. Uh, Seahawks, in one of the games of the year, they win 27-24 in overtime. That was a win for both of us. Vikings-Cowboys. Cowboys Cowboys were three-point favorites. We both took the boys, so that's a loss for both of us. Vikings win the game 28-24. Panthers-Packers in the snow in that second half. Packers, five-point favorites. They win 24-16. The Panthers had a shot to tie it up at the end, but we'll take that five-point spread, a win for both of us. And then finally, the Ravens and the Bengals. Ravens were 10-point favorites. Wasn't even... A game, forty-nine to thirteen. I took the Bengals there. Never again. Took the Ravens. <laughs> well, there. the Bengals did cover against the Ravens earlier in the season. So yeah, and I just they didn't they didn't even show up. Man, Mixon did have his best game of the year, but uh, let's not talk about the Bengals again. Okay, moving on to this weekend in college football. Game day is headed to Waco, Texas, for number ten Oklahoma, number thirteen Baylor. The Sooners are ten point favorites on the road here for Saturday night football. I will go ahead and start. I want to take uh, Oklahoma here to cover, but. I'm going to go with Baylor with the points plus 10 based on how good their defense has looked and how bad the Sooners' defense has looked. I feel like Baylor can put up enough points in this game in garbage time. Brad, I got Oklahoma up by 17 in the fourth quarter and Baylor with a backdoor cover. Oh my god, so I have the exact same
1: rationale. I had I wanted to take Oklahoma. This is honestly going to probably be my lower bet of the, of the weekend, but 10 points for a team who... To cover for a team who has allowed 89 points in their last two games is just this it's just asinine. Oklahoma's one in five against their spread in their last six conference games, one and two against the spread on, on the road this season, and then their last five games total they've only covered one game. When you on the flip side, you look at Matt Rule's team in Baylor; they've covered six games this season uh, versus teams with winning records. I will t- I mean, in their last six, they've covered five games this season. I'll take that. I mean, they didn't score a touchdown in regulation, but. Their defense is playing well enough. Oklahoma literally blew the worst cover last week. Last week, even I got cold feet with that big spread. I took Oklahoma first half, and they covered first half. They're up by, what, 22 points, allowed 20 unanswered points to blow the cover. I I
0: very much see the same thing here. And in Oklahoma, like you said, you have a team that's not covering games right now. Yeah. We got a double-digit spread on the road in arguably their biggest game of the year. Yep. So I'll take Baylor at home. Alright, what do we got next? Next, we have number four. Georgia's a three-point
1: favorite at number 12, Auburn. three thirty game here, Miles. I'm going to go ahead and kick this one off. If you guys have the opportunity to take Georgia at the plus 100 that they're sitting at in most books, personally, I believe you should take this. Georgia proved something two weeks ago that they are not as bad as everyone thinks in that game versus Florida. They went and played Florida, and they absolutely destroyed them. I know it's a neutral side game. I know know that Auburn plays Georgia really tough but I'm really liking Georgia since it's, since their slip up at um, South Carolina they've they've destroyed Florida they shut out Missouri and that's a Missouri team that has the ability to score this defense is only allowing around 11 points per game I'm barely comfortable in taking this
0: all right I'm gonna go ahead uh, on the other side of the coin here and take the Tigers at home plus three. Three points is the spread here. At the beginning of the year, I would have taken Georgia. And you are 100% correct. I took Georgia in the Florida game. They have looked much better as the season has progressed. But here, I'm going back to that 2017 game where Auburn at home destroyed Georgia 40-17. to Now, I understand it's, it's, it's a much different Auburn team, but I think that them having the advantage at home is going to be the difference in this game. There are two key pieces here that
1: I, I I would be more comfortable taking Auburn if Derek Brown, one of their best D tackles, was not a game time decision, and Jatavius Whitlow was not questionable. If Whitlow doesn't play, it's a different animal. Because you remember that 2017 game, they had good old Carryon Johnson back there lining oh, yeah. up. This team is different without Whitlow in the backfield. I know I know their backup uh, backup running back ran for like 98, 94 yards, but it's just a different change of pace. They looked like a different team versus Ole Miss in that 20-14 victory. I even remember texting one of my Auburn friends, I know, crazy I have one of those, and I said, is Auburn broken? Because they had no identity. So if those two players play, I, I expect it to be a more interesting game, but with them struggling... At home, versus Ole Miss,
0: and Georgia, knowing they control their own fate, I see Georgia coming here winning and covering. Well, and I kept thinking back to how well Auburn played on the road against LSU. yeah, And LSU just putting up 46 points on Alabama. Now, the pace of that game was much different, uh, but Auburn really held their own in that LSU game, and we can argue that LSU is the best team in the country. So, I like them at home here, but we'll see. I still like Georgia to win the game. All right, let's go ahead and move on to a ranked matchup I never saw coming. Number 23, Navy. Number 16, Notre Dame. Notre Dame, seven-point favorites. They opened as ten-point favorites in this game. I'll go ahead and start here. We've been talking about the American Conference all year as far as how impressed we've been with them in the rankings. Navy is no different. Navy has also been a great first-half bet this year, by the way. I'm going Notre Dame here, minus seven. Oh, my God. So I've been back and
1: forth back and forth. I was on Navy, I was on their name. And you know, the biggest determining factor even though the midshipmen are 6 and 2 against the spread this season is they're on the road and the line has moved from that 10 spot to right. 7. Right. The home team getting the home team um as a 7 point favorite here is a spot I really like cuz if if Navy gets down early they're in trouble. If you look at the game that they played against Memphis, they lost 23 to 35, I believe. Memphis controlled the game for the most part and I think Notre Dame has an opportunity to do that as well. Uh the problem that Notre Dame is going to struggle with is stopping the run. They allow one of the highest rush totals um in in the, in the, in the NCA at 156 yards per game. But I think that loss to Michigan might have, you know, snapped them out of that that funk that they had. They had a big win against Duke, uh, only allowed seven points in that game. Uh and then, and then they're looking at last season when they They doubled up, Navy. So I'm taking Notre Dame here minus 7.
0: Well, and Navy always plays them tough here, and I feel like this being a ranked matchup, Notre Dame's going to be up for this game. And and as you said, if if Navy goes down early, which I could see happening, they're going to be in trouble. Uh, They are throwing the ball more than they ever have this year with 53 pass attempts. Uh, But I go back to uh, uh, September 26 when Navy played Memphis, which was really the only good team that they played all year. Great team, yeah, uh, or, or, or in that upper echelon, and Memphis beat 35 23 Yep. So I also like Notre Dame, and I, I'm a sucker for that line moving from ten to seven, especially yes. with Notre Dame at home. One of the
1: smartest, one of the smartest strategies bettors can take is they watch the line movement. So if you see a line sitting pretty high with no no real change, no real change in in personnel, you find that sweet spot because you know it's going to hit. Unless you honestly believe Navy's going to come out here and upset. Notre Dame, a lot of people think Notre Dame's upset. I mean, um, overrated. I- I- I'm still going with Notre Dame minus seven. All right, what do you got next? Next up, we have the undefeated Minnesota Golden Gophers at number 20, Iowa Hawkeyes. The Hawkeyes are a three-point favorite here. Everything about this game smells like a trap. But you know what? I'm jumping headfirst in it. I'm taking the Golden Gophers here. After that impressive win at Penn State, it's almost hard for me not to want to take the Gophers.
0: Well, and I... With that win against Penn State, they are for real. I yes. mean, this Minnesota team is a contender in the Big Ten. Yes. They are the front runner to win the West. They're probably going to play for the Big Ten Championship. And Iowa, even with that game last weekend uh, against Wisconsin, they were down 20-46 in the fourth quarter. Yes, yes they came back and they almost tied it up. But... This Iowa team has been struggling all year to find an offensive identity. Yep. And Minnesota is playing good on both sides of the ball. Tanner Morgan in that game against Penn State, 339 yards, three touchdowns. The Gophers' defense picks off Sean Clifford. Three? Three Oh, my times. God. Minnesota coming into Kinnick Stadium having covered six straight games, and they're plus three. You've got to be all over the Gophers here. This is crazy, too. One thing you didn't say about Tanner Morgan, he only completed two passes all game.
1: So you're telling me you have a great two, two, a great defense in, in Iowa, right? No identity on offense. Uh, not really feeling Nate Stanley. But the biggest problem here to me is how are they going to score points? This is a Minnesota team who's gotten better defensively every single game. They played their first true opponent and prove that they can win. They're averaging 37 points per game. I don't see Nate Stanley in this Iowa Hawkeyes offense Being doing enough, even if they they hold them to 24 or 28 points, because I know the Golden Gophers are going to get to
0: that mark, I don't see them scoring more than 21. Yeah, and the Minnesota defense in that first half last weekend, I mean, this Penn State offense is talented, and they made them look average. Yes. Iowa's offense is about half as good as Penn State. Yep. Let's go ahead and talk about some NFL. Yeah. Let's go ahead and get into it. Uh, We got Texans and the Ravens. Uh, this is the 1 o'clock p.m. game. The Ravens are four and a half point favorites. I'll go ahead and start here. Lamar Jackson. Woo wee. Talk about that boy. Deshaun Watson. Great matchup. Talk about that boy. Dream quarterback matchup. But the Ravens, at this point, uh, look unstoppable. Their rush offense gashed the New England defense. My God. In week nine. The Texans are coming into this game with the third-ranked rushing defense, and and a lot of what I've read is, well, the Texans will be able to slow down the Ravens' running game. If the Patriots weren't able to slow down the Ravens' running game, then what makes you think that they're going to be able – or that the Texans are going to come in here and slow down the Ravens at home? So I don't know where you're going here. I've been taking the Texans all year, but I'll take the Ravens here with a line that I think should be over seven. I'll go Ravens four-and-a-half. I'll go Ravens four-and-a-half here. This spot's pretty good for me.
1: Um. The Texans haven't won their last five games in in Baltimore. You know, they have no Laramie Tunsil, no J.J. Watt. Deshaun Gibson's questionable. And they have struggled covering the spread against teams with winning records. Two and ten against the spread. But on top of that, it's not so much about the trends. It's so much about Lamar Jackson. The only quarterback with at least 17 pass attempts per game to have two perfect QBR ratings in a season. This Ravens team knows who they are. They have an identity, 197 rush yards per game. Their last two games they played 37-20 versus the Pats and 49-13 versus the Bengals. Give me the four and a half points, but also let's not forget about the addition of Marcus Peters, who has three pick sixes this season,
0: and every single one of them is with that great Ravens defense. All right, good work, uh, both on the Ravens there. Let's go ahead and go into the revenge game for the Ooh. New England Patriots. Four-point favorites at the Philadelphia Eagles. Who you got? I'm going to go
1: with the Patriots minus four here. I'm not going to overthink it. Six and three against the spread this season with 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 their last non-cover coming to the Ravens. I think this is a chance to to get a good spot here. I'm not going to steal your thunder with the uh, the bye week stat because I know you want to tell it. So go ahead and hit me and tell me who you're
0: hitting. I even got a, a longer one than we posted on Let's Twitter. Go. Alright, so over the last twenty-one games, this is for Bill Belichick, after a loss against the spread. Belichick comes back and is fifteen and six against the spread in the following game. Woo! Patriots, they're coming off a 17 point loss to the Ravens, and they're coming off a bye week. Yes. I am all over New England here.
1: Dude, it'd be almost it'd be almost insane to want to take the Eagles. The Eagles are gonna have to throw the ball on this team because their rush their rushing attack although it's improved over the last couple weeks, it's not But they've not been there. so
0: inconsistent yes. all year. You don't know what you're getting out of this Eagles team. 14-22 versus the Bears is gross. gross. That's one of those things
1: that I can that I can easily say. I think the Patriots don't have much of a problem here uh, in this
0: Eagles team. Eagles, I'm taking Patriots minus four. All right, let's go ahead and move on to Sunday night football, the Bears and the Rams. Before the season started, you would have thought this would have been one of the games of the year. God. Rams are six-and-a-half-point favorites at home here. I'll go ahead and start. Believe it or not, I'm taking the Chicago Bears for the first time this year against a spread. What is it? Week 11? <laughs> so, if it's going to be the first time that I'm actually going to put money down on the Bears, plus six-and-a-half here. The, both teams have looked pretty bad. Yes. And both are struggling mightily to find any semblance of of offense. Now, a, a, a lot of people out there are going to say the Rams are due for a bounce back. I'm, I'm not going to disagree with that. But the Chicago defense is still playing elite football, only allowing 3.7 yards per rush. Gurley is having issues on the ground. Goff is having trouble through the air. I think that the Bears defense can do enough to keep them in this game, keep it low scoring. And I see like a five-point victory for the Rams here.
1: You know, I went back and forth. But I just broke it down to who has the opportunity to upset the better to, to upset the defense. I mean, you, you think about it, you have a defense in the Bears who are only allowing around 17 points per game. Defense in the Rams that are allowing around 20 to 21 points per game. So both are pretty good defenses, but then you have a quarterback who just sucks. You have a running game that where their highest rusher has four hundred yards, yards, and thirty nine yards, four hundred thirty five yards in David Montgomery. I'm going to go on the other side and take the Rams here. I'm going to see this is going to be one of those last straws for the Chicago Bears, and they're going to have the biggest quarterback controversy on their hands because Mitchell Trubisky cannot complete first downs, he cannot score touchdowns, he's afraid to throw the ball deep. Think about it. They beat the Jeff Driscoll led my boy by the way I'm not dogging you Jeff you ever hear this podcast I, I, congratulations on on a close game but they beat the Jeff Driscoll led Lions twenty to thirteen that's twenty to thirteen versus a team that they should have destroyed you have a young quarterback making his first start for a new team who he hasn't played for all season and you only win twenty to thirteen give me the
0: Rams here two and two against the spread at home this season let's make it three and two. Trubisky is a career backup quarterback. And the yes. problem with the Bears organization right now is that they're not seeing it. They're not seeing what we're all seeing. And at some point you've got to make a change. I don't care how high you took somebody in the draft.
1: Yes. It's all I understand the NFL's philosophy on draft capital. We spent so much draft capital on him. We gotta make sure he's our guy.
0: But what are you waiting until the draft to do the exact same thing over again? All right, let's go ahead and go into Monday Night Football from Mexico City. Estadio Azteca, fun fact, one of the largest stadiums in the world. Chiefs Chargers. Chiefs are three-and-a-half-point favorites. This is technically a neutral field. Who you got? You know, smart money in the the NFL says fade
1: the public, but since this is a neutral field game – oh, by the way, the public, 62% of the public are on the Chiefs. I'm going to go with the Kansas City Chiefs here in the neutral field with three-and-a-half points. The Chiefs just have a better quarterback. You have Patrick Mahomes, 18 touchdowns, one interception. To Phillip Rivers, 14 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, top three in interceptions this season. He had three of them last week against Oakland. I think the Chiefs bounce back from their devastating 35-23 loss to the Tennessee Titans. Give me this team who is great. Sorry about that, guys. You know, I told you it's a morning edition, so
0: sometimes <laughs> – Wake up. We got to go to work. <laughs> but I am taking the Chiefs here. All right. Uh, we're going we're gonna to disagree again. I'm going to take the Chargers plus three and a half on a neutral field. That Chiefs-Titans game said a lot for me. There's no doubt. Mahomes is back, and he's in top four. Three form. touchdowns is crazy. And he, and, he, and he always will be. He's the elite quarterback. But Derrick Henry running up on this defense for 188 yards and two scores last week. I have no faith in the Chiefs defense – even if I had a little bit before. I, I didn't even know the Titans had an offense, to be honest with you. <laughs> and and they come in there and just throw it down on the Chiefs defense. Now, the Chargers have been unpredictable. They had the 26-11 to win against the Packers, which nobody saw coming. And then they turn around on Thursday Night Football. Phillip Rivers throws three interceptions, and they lose to the Raiders. So, Chargers-Chiefs, what are you going to get? The, the, the Chargers really have been one of the most inconsistent teams up, down, up, down. But with three and a half points here, and... I think that the Chargers can find a way to score some points. Phillip Rivers comes back from his three-interception performance, and I think Melvin Gordon goes over 100 yards in this game. You know what's
1: crazy? Um, I, I try not to put too much stock in that Titans game because one thing that's been bothering me about this Chiefs, about this Chargers team is they're not committed to anything. They're trying to be way too balanced. Are you going to be a throwing team with Phil Rivers and let him just go wild and go out there and throw for five touchdowns and three interceptions? Or are you going to run the ball and pound the rock, let Melvin Gordon carry the ball 35 times a game, and just make up your mind? You have an elite pass defense, six in the, six in the country, mind you. Control the ball. Run the ball, but they're not doing that. Had this been a home game for the Chargers, I would have been on the other side. But give me Patrick Mahomes because at any moment, that offense is explosive enough. I don't know if they're going to play Shady McCoy, but that doesn't matter. They have Travis Kelsey. They have Miko Hartman who can break out at anywhere any a 67-yard touchdown, showed one catch, 67 yards. And they also have Tyreek Hill. I'm taking Kansas City Chiefs here, and I'm
0: not looking back at it. Well, the problem is that the Chargers are letting the game dictate what kind of offensive style that yeah, they're going to play it, it, with. But after the way that the Chiefs defense has looked for the past two years and giving up all those points to the Titans I, I'm, I'm, and the neutral field, do we, do we really know what we're going to get here in Mexico City? No. Do we really know how this is going to go? It seems to be so unpredictable. But it's, it's Mahomes versus Rivers. That's what it comes down to.
1: Absolutely. That's why I'm taking – I mean, Phillip Rivers, it, it, this might be his last year in the NFL. Ten interceptions, fourteen touchdowns. Around this time last year, he was around twenty-three touchdowns with with close to ten interceptions, which is
0: more respectable for a guy of his caliber. But God, man, it's time for one of his ten children to take over the reins. Yes, absolutely. At quarterback. All right, let's go ahead and uh, move into the dogs. Where Brad, you continue I'm to crawling creep back. on up. Uh, we got three more weeks. Uh, yeah, current standings. Uh, I'm sitting with forty-three points. Brad, you're over there with thirty-one. So twelve points. Um, that could be. A week? You could come back with a couple yep. of big picks. It's going to be this week. Uh, let's go ahead and recap. Uh, we both had Kansas State over Texas plus 7. Almost got the straight-up win, but Texas pulls away 27-24. to 24. Uh, Well, they get the field goal win. Uh, so that was a point for both of us. I had San Jose State plus 7.5 over Hawaii. So close. Hawaii wins the game 42-40, so I'll take a point for the cover. Uh, we both had Louisville over Miami. Miami – Fifty two wow. to twenty seven. Six and a half point favorites. So we'll both take the loss there. Miami definitely uh a player in that coastal division, uh, but they still got a lot of work to do behind Virginia and Virginia Tech. And then uh your big win was Appalachian State, plus six over South Carolina, the twenty to fifteen win. So that was a three-point victory. All right, so I'll go ahead and go to my picks for the weekend. I'm going to go ahead and once again go over into the ACC Coastal and take North Carolina plus four and a half over Pittsburgh. I believe that is on Thursday night. That's tonight. Call triple. Yeah. Thursday night. Uh, I'll take Missouri plus seven over Florida. Florida, nothing left to play for. Missouri always plays them tough. Always a close game. I'll go with Missouri. And finally, I'm going to go on the other side here with the Longhorns. I'm going to take Texas plus seven. Over Iowa State in a very unpredictable Big 12. Miles, that Appalachian State bet was probably the most
1: confident bet I've ever made out of 14 parlay. Last leg of the parlay was not Appalachian State plus six. I took Appalachian State money line. I was sweating bullets before the game even started. Because like, why the heck did you do that? But White Claws are a dangerous thing. Very. And they made me very profitable this weekend. So this week, I am going to go to the American. And I- this is disrespectful. I think this line has already moved to seven, Um, but I got it at plus six. I'm going to go Uh, Temple at home versus Tulane, getting six points. Just like you said, great minds think alike. I'm going to take Texas plus seven at yep. Iowa State. Yep. And last but not least, let's see if Louisville can bounce back. I don't think so. I'm going to get North Carolina State
0: at home plus four versus Louisville. All right. So before we sign off, Bama. Sitting at number five, got to feel pretty good about that. Impressive. I'm excited yeah. because Georgia's in front of us.
1: It's not like someone else is in front of us who –
0: Right. Georgia has to play LSU if they make the championship. Yeah. And if uh, they don't make the championship, they're out. I, you know, if if I'm you or a Bama fan, I'm more concerned if Oregon's ahead of us. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, or if Minnesota's ahead of us. Or, or uh, Utah. Right. Or Utah. Or Oklahoma. Uh, you know, Oklahoma – how about Oklahoma being all the way down? What was it, like a 10? As, Dude, a, as a one-loss team, bad defense, losing to K-State, who what now has three losses? Yeah.
1: What's crazy to me? It did. It did kind of strike me interesting. I know Georgia has two top ten wins, but at what point, if South Carolina loses another game, do you say that is a terrible loss? Well, but expl-
0: okay. explain. Okay, explain this. You to guys me. got penalized for yes. your loss to Purdue. Thank you. That's what I was just about to say. How they're I- inconsistent. W- but what? What's the difference? Yes. What's the difference between us losing to Purdue on Halloween weekend on the road? Yeah. In a night game when Purdue was destined to win that game. And then you got Georgia with an awful loss against South Carolina. They're right back in the top four. It doesn't make sense. They're inconsistent. They've been inconsistent throughout the entire process.
1: Me personally, I'm going to – I say this. Everyone came and they texted me when the rankings came out, asked me if I was upset or happy. I said one thing, and I'm going to say it the entire time. When you have human beings – people with bias, people with, with feelings and emotions. The only way you can 95% control your own fate is to win every, every single game.
0: game. And the committee is changing every year. I yes. mean, you go back to 2015, the year after the Buckeyes won the national title. They lost one game, yep. and it was to a top 10 Michigan State team. Yep. And they fell from like two to nine. Yeah, That was a top 10 matchup it's in crazy. the Big Ten. And then you've got Bama losing to LSU. They fall to five. I mean – Bama even has maybe even even an easier road after this loss because they don't have to play in the SEC title game. Yeah, crazy. Now, granted, they need some help because I could see the committee jumping a 12-1 Oregon over an 11-1 Bama uh, if Bama doesn't play on championship weekend. But still, the the odds there are very slim uh, that even Oregon or Utah can win out. It's crazy to me to think that as, as weak as Alabama's schedule
1: has been, we lose a game at home, we still have a chance to make the playoffs. Granted, I think they said it's something like twenty-three percent chance. Shoot, I'm a gambler, bro. I'm putting that on black and I'm hitting it.
0: I mean, at this point, Ohio State still has tough tests. Oh my they god. They gotta play Penn State, Michigan, and possibly Minnesota in the Big Ten Championship. Really tough road. Yep. Um, you know, so there's no guarantee there. I think Clemson is in. Uh LSU, I think, can still be beat. Yeah. Uh, you know, like uh, if if Georgia comes into this Auburn game this weekend, and let's just say Georgia wins the game like thirty-one to three, like or they like they they, destroy, just, them. yeah, like they just make a statement that okay, we righted the ship. Yep. Then they're absolutely that Georgia team can beat an absolutely. LSU team, hundred totally percent in, totally in, in Atlanta. So that's not over. Uh, I think the only team that has sealed their fate is Clemson. I, yeah. They're they're the only ones that won't be tested, and I hope whoever Clemson plays, I hope that Clemson loses by thirty. I, I mean, I, I I hope that we start to look at, okay, how bad is your conference? Really? Yeah. I mean, have you played anybody? Start looking at that more like they're the American. Yeah, and, and you know, I'm I, I am more impressed with Oregon schedule. Yeah. Than I am with Clemson's schedule. Absolutely. It, it, just because of, I don't know, man. I just that should have won the Auburn game for Oregon. They found a way to win every game since. Uh, and I think the Pac-12 is a much more competitive conference than the ACC. Yeah. If Oregon or Utah
1: continue to win out, it's going to be hard to leave them out, just in my opinion.
0: Yeah. Uh, and then you got Minnesota. I mean, if they finish undefeated, they're definitely you got to put them in. Yeah, because they're going to have to beat a play in Ohio State. Right. Uh, so, so they're still in it. Uh, I don't know if the Big 12 has a shot anymore. No, they don't. Because, I mean, even if Baylor runs the table... Yeah, I mean, even if Baylor goes undefeated, do they have a good enough win? I mean, if the if the committee really ranks Oklahoma that low yeah. and Baylor is still sitting at 13... They're going to finish on that 7-8 to spot. Yeah, I mean, it would be hard to believe that they would keep a 13-0 you know, Power 5 champion out of the playoff. Yeah. But in a year where we have, what, three SEC teams in the top five right now? Crazy. You know, I I think there's a better chance that the SEC gets two teams in.
1: Absolutely. It's interesting. It's, it's going to be a fun wrap-up to the year. I like to tell everyone, someone, you know, Actually, we're going to talk about our sports page, What's the Spread Um, sports page, where people talk about sports all the time. Someone said, you know what? I want the two best teams to play the championship right now, LSU and Ohio State, and I said, Hold the phone. How do you know those are two, the two best teams in the college football? Because yeah. when Ohio State won the national championship, they were not ranked in the top four. Yep. And we had teams that were pretenders at the top. Yep. So let's see how it all plays out. I'm so excited for these last three weeks of the season to to see who the real dogs and the fight are. And, who, and this playoffs is going to be exciting. Whether Alabama's in it or not,
0: I'm still excited. I'm glad that you brought that up because that's really uh, – yeah, so at this point, Ohio State and LSU, they, they look like the two best teams. But yep you you got to see who's putting it together at the end of yes. the year. As, as we just said earlier, like I could see a team like Georgia. Yep. And, and, yeah, they're, they're not being underrated. They're in the top four. Yeah. But there's a lot of people out there who believe they're pretenders because of the loss to South Carolina. But if you've got such a great program and such a good coach and Kirby Smart, you come back from a loss like that. And if they can get it together, go into Atlanta. Beat LSU. I mean, maybe Georgia has the defense to to challenge Burrow. Uh, They've got to find an offensive identity, but they're right in this thing. And then if LSU loses by three points to Georgia, do they still get in the playoff? Does Bama get in over them? There's so many scenarios uh, that could end up playing out that I think is only going to push for an expansion. Yeah, think Because I think that this might be the first year of the playoff era that we have legitimately seven, eight teams You know, with one loss that should be competing for a national title. Absolutely. I totally agree. Guys,
1: with that being said, thank you so much for listening to What's the Spread Morning Edition. Be sure to download our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or however else you get your podcasts.